Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Ignore conventional approaches. Get ruthless about trying something different. Ordinarily, we achieve conventional growth because we think along conventional lines. That's the way we're taught. We're we're very much rooted in convention uh, growing up. We experience reasonable performance gains because we rely on reasonable approaches. We find ways to make modest improvements in our level of success because we go looking for nothing more. Now, here's the thing that's important about this, because I get questions on this a, a, a hell of a lot. Part of the idea that we're, that we're working with is when we make a decision to create something different, we really have to be not focused on the how, but focused on the what. Okay? So, for instance, if I said, Oh, I, I really want to go buy a new car. And I have, my, I have my mind on this really great car. But I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I don't need to know how I'm going to pay for it. I need to make the decision to buy the car. And then I need to go out and do, and do that and buy the car. After I make the decision to buy the car, the way to pay for it will then manifest itself in my life. The decision has to come first. You want to make the decision to buy the house. You want to make the decision to hire the team member. And people say, I need to hire somebody. I'm working myself to death. I need to hire somebody, but I can't afford it. Oh, wow. That's a lot of high drama you've created in your life, right? Just hire the person. Hire the person. How am I going to pay for it? You won't know until you hire the person, until you make the decision to hire the person. What are you worried about paying for the person for? You haven't made the decision. And there's going, to be, there's going to be some of you, you're just not going to do it. And you're not going to get the result that you want because as long as, as long as you insist on the world having to fall into your rules of how you do things, there's no growth. I'm trying to teach you something so that you can experience a different reality that's around you all the time that you're just not allowing yourself to experience. And the the only parts about it that have any difficulty at at all are your ability to follow through, your ability to keep your word, your ability to stretch yourself, and your ability to do the responsible work that is necessary based on the decision that you make. But you have to get out of the conventional idea. Quantum leaps require that you abandon the status quo. Instead of once again trying what you have always done, maybe even with a little more intensity and determination, ignore the unusual. U squared requires an abrupt change in behavior. Abrupt. Think about um, when you study, and that's what we're doing right now. We're studying. You need to think about the language the author's using. Why is the author using this language? There's a reason for it. 
And you need to take it seriously. You know, so many people just reading it, let the words go in one ear and, and out the other. Like you could stick with that sentence for a week, you know, YouTube requires an abrupt change in behavior. Now, if you were going to stick with that sentence for a week and not go any further, you'd be going, okay, what is to me, what would an abrupt change in behavior look like? Because you want your results to show up in your life, but it's going to require a different level of awareness. In order to get that awareness, you have to have understanding. In the Bible, what does it say? It says, in all thy getting, get understanding. Everything in the universe is here, but we have to have an understanding. And, and we don't. We just don't have, a, we don't have an understanding. Look for a paradoxical move. For example, consider reversing your field. Try being illogical, ricochet. If you're trying to climb uh, the wall, open the door and walk through. If you're pushing against a river, try going with the flow. Use finesse instead of effort. You must do something new. The tendency when you stall out or begin to level off in your performance is to go back to the basics and do what you do best. But doing what you do best can be the worst thing that you could do. It really doesn't matter how good you can do something if it's the wrong thing to do. When I was, uh, when I was in seventh grade, I made the football team and I was really excited that I made the football team. Uh, part of it was that <clears throat> at the seventh grade level, they were, they were really starting to look for talent at that point. Not 100%, but the older you get, the more they're looking for people that actually have some talent. Uh, and the people that don't have talent get weeded out. And that, the day on tryouts, I happened to, I, this was not talent, seriously, was luck. I made one of the be most beautiful uh, catches of a football that's ever been seen. I mean, I was like, holy cow. And the coach saw it happen. And I watched him write down in his pad and I'm quietly going, yes, yes, yes. Cause I knew I wasn't that good, <laughs> but I knew that it made an impression. And when I showed up uh, the next morning for practice on the outside of the, the, the men's locker room, men, boys locker room, uh, it said perfect practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Now, it's one of the few specific things that I remember from my childhood. Like, that really stood out to me. And I remember thinking to myself, how do we practice perfect if that's the reason we're practicing to begin with? And I talked to the coach about it, and the idea was that if you practice the wrong thing, it doesn't matter how hard you're working. You're not going to get any better. You're going to get worse. We have to practice the right things. Faith in the familiar sets the trap. And you, and you spring it when you reinvest yourself in what logically seems like uh, it should work because it's worked in the past. Everything's constantly changing. We have to be aware of that. To make a quantum leap, you've got to break out of the rut where you've been running. Second guess your routines. 
overcome the addiction to your own methodologies, uh, set a new pattern. If the things that you're doing have quit working, stop doing them. Focus on what does work. If you'll just quit what you've been doing instead of doggedly doing it harder, you can at least create an opportunity, some space to do something else. Now, this next paragraph's vitally important, one of the most important paragraphs in the book. Quantum leaps come when you seek the elegant solution. Steph and I thought this was so important that we put it in the values of our company. It's one of the listed values of our company. That everything will have an elegance to it. That we will strive for everything to have an elegance in, into what we do. So look for an approach that's characterized, now think here, characterized by simplicity. Now simplicity is not ease, right? Not ease like I don't have to do a lot. Don't get that in your mind. It just means that it's not complicated. Simplicity, precision, efficiency, and neatness. It won't be as complex or time-consuming as your present struggle. Overall, it will be less demanding of your energies and emotions, and it probably will not be familiar to you. U-squared calls for a, pre a, a, a fresh perspective, a deft move, a path of, le of least resistance, of less resistance. There is a way that you can do more with less. So you want to think about what you want out of life and what's been your approach up to this point. I had a, um, a car came in that I ordered last July. I, um, I was looking for a new car, and I had a, a few years back, I had a really cool Aston Martin that I liked a lot, and I, was, and I had sold it, um, and I, had, I bought a boat. And then I was thinking about, I wanted another car again. I felt inspired to buy a car, but I didn't know what I wanted. So I was looking at Aston Martins. I didn't like the changes that they made. And somebody said, have you seen the new Bentley Continental that came out last year? And I said, no, I hadn't seen it. So it's, I have this interesting relationship to things. I instantly know whether that's going to be in my life or it's not going to be in my life when I see something. And I went online and I look at this car and I was like, that's the car. That's the car. That's the image that's in my mind. So it was, it was really fascinating. I didn't even need to know anymore. I went down to, I went down to the dealership and uh, I said, this is the car that I want. He said, well, we'll sit down and build it. He said, it'll take about a year for it to get built. They're handmade in England and then it'll come in. He said, why don't we take you out for a test drive in one? I said, I don't need a test drive. He said, well, let's sit down and work out how much it's going to cost. I said, I don't need to know how much it costs. Just order the car. He said, well, don't you need to know what you're going to have to pay? I'm like, no, I don't need to know that. I just need to know what I'm going to, how I'm going to build the car. So let's sit down and do that. So, he, so at some point in time, I must have got up and went and used the restroom or something. And he looked me up on the internet. And I come out of the restroom and he's there with his sales manager. And he says, um, would you mind talking to our company for a few minutes? I'm like, I'm here buying a car. You know, what's going on? So he sat down to tell me about some of the problems that they were having as a company, and they never had anybody come in 
and not want to test it and go through all these different things that people need to know. And, you know, am I getting the best deal? And I said, I'm not concerned with any of that. Let's just build the car and, and order the car. So later on, I had a conversation with him and he was telling me uh, that, you know, they were concerned about the, the COVID thing. And I said, well, don't be concerned about it. Just see what it is that you want. And he said, you know, he said, everybody here is listening to your podcast. <laughs> I said, well, okay. I said, that's great. He said, and we're having meetings and we're doing what you're telling us to do on the podcast. So then I went back into the dealership and he told me that the, the, the second major month that we were in COVID, now this is the Bentley dealership, Okay. The cars start at 200000 and they go up from there. They did the biggest month that they ever had in the history of that dealership, that specific dealership, the second month of the COVID issue. And I said, that's the way it works. He said, I, he said we would have never believed this had we listened to your podcast. I said, I know it sounds crazy, right? They did a record, a record month. Record month. Everybody's complaining about what they don't have and how does a how does a company like that do a record month right okay now i want you to think because what we're getting into here the reason for me for telling you this story is because the whole idea is around belief i had um uh i've been fascinated with the idea of believing how a person believes for a very long period of time and the reason that I got fascinated with this idea was because if you read it in scripture, if you go back to the great philosophers, when they talked about the word belief, it had a very pow powerful connotation to it. And the connotation was that if you believed something, no matter what it was, you could make it happen. William James, back in the early, you know, the great, great psychiatrist from Harvard uh, said, your your uh, your belief believe in your belief and it will create the fact. The Bible talks about belief. Um, whatever you believe, you will create. Whatever you believe, you will do. So I had a I created like a slogan, kind of a mantra for our company. It's 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 just believe. That's that's what we say. Just believe, because that's really all you have to do. Whenever you're creating the success that you want, whatever you want in life, the whole idea is that you believe. Because if you believe, then it doesn't matter what the other things are. You will figure out the things to do in order to manifest it. But the, the crucial piece is believing. So let's think about this. So this is just a notebook pad, okay? And you see the lines on it, right? I mean, everybody's familiar with the lines, on a, on a piece of notebook paper. Let the lines on this paper represent the law of vibration, okay? And basically what the lines are representing are frequencies, okay? So there's millions of frequencies. There's an infinite number of frequencies in the universe. And we think on frequencies. Thought, your thought, travels on frequency. 
And it travels on different frequencies based on whatever it is that you're thinking at the time. If you're thinking more negative thoughts, more base thoughts, it's traveling on a lower frequency. And if you're thinking more high uplifting thoughts, like uh, you know, great expectation or gratitude or positivity or, or whatever, it's on a higher, it's on a higher vibration. Everything that you want to create in your life that you don't have, the way to do it, okay, like the how, all of that. It is on a frequency. Now, if you don't have it in your life, you are currently not on the same frequency as the thing that you want. But you need to move yourself to that frequency. Now, we move ourselves to that frequency by changing what we believe. And this is probably one of the big issues that people have in the way that this is taught over the last 10 years or so. Because everybody's like, raise your vibration, raise your vibration, raise your vibration. It's more like raise your belief. Just thinking a positive thought, as we all know, or most of us know, it doesn't really do anything. I can have a positive thought for five minutes and a negative thought for five minutes, and neither one actually does anything, right? It's not like all the different thoughts that are rolling around in my mind that those images start popping into my life left or right. It's not how it works. It is the image that we hold for a sustained period of time, along with the harmonious energy that goes with it, that manifests, or that creates the manifestation in our life. But what we're dealing with internally are paradigms, and paradigms are a set of patterned beliefs that keep replicating in our thoughts, our emotions, and our physical world. So if we want to change our results, we have to change our paradigm. And if we don't understand that almost everything in our life is being created by habitual paradigms, if we fail to understand that, we'll most likely fail to change what it is that we want. So we have to begin to understand this at a very fundamental level, okay? Because the idea is that if I can change my belief system, I can break out of a habitual paradigm and I can create a new one that's going to support the life that I, that I really want for myself. So I'm going to put two dots, one on the bottom and one, let's see here, one on the bottom, one a little bit higher. So this one on the bottom down here, this dot on the bottom, let that represent where you are right now. And it's the frequency that you're thinking on right now. Now, what you want, the goal that you're setting for yourself, is up here. As you take that image and you begin to sink it into your subconscious mind, you're working on changing the belief around the thing that you want. And as you change that belief, what you're doing is you're targeting this frequency. You're looking for the ways, the hows, the means, everything that you need to move from this dot to this dot, from a lower frequency to a higher frequency. Now, there's no, don't bring judgment in here. This is not bad and good, okay? This is something for, on a lower frequency. This is something on a higher frequency. If you want your life to increase, you're consistently moving up in frequency. You're moving up in vibration. So the idea then is to understand that what you're experiencing here is a place. That is a place. 
It is the place that you live in. It is your life. This here that you can't see, you can only see it with your mind's eye, is also a place. It is a place. It exists. It is here and it is now. But the idea is that we want to move from this one up to this one. So in doing that, we have to really understand fundamentally how do we change our belief system to move it to that place, okay? So I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to start bringing in some, some really great pieces of literature here. So first of all, I'm going to show you something from this book, God Love You, if you can find it. I mean, it's as old as dirt. Uh, it's Robert Russell's, it's called Making the Contact, and Contact. I mean, it is really old, this book, okay? It's, I've been out of print forever. Um, and it's, it's full of really good stuff. But, but he says it here, he, in, on page 61, he's got something called Contact Through the Word. Okay, Contact Through the Word. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the word was God. And without him was not, was not anything made that was made. Now I'm going to read that again. You might want to write this down and really think on this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now, he then says, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. What is he talking about? Well, it, you know, there's, there's a half a dozen or so major religions in the world. And even though that they have, they have, there's things about them that are different, one of the things about them that is the same is that they all talk about belief. You have to have belief. You absolutely have to have belief. So what are we believing in? Well, the first thing that we're believing in is if you remember the truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Choose then what you want in these terms and accept nothing that you would not offer to God as wholly fitting for him. Because we're created in the image of. So now we're going to Russell, and Russell's basically telling us that it, everything that we experience in life, everything that was made came from the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. But when God created us, the word was also with us because we were created in the image of. We have the word. We have the logos. We have the beginning of creation within us. We have the ability to choose. We have all of the faculties of, of, the, of the creation of life within us. But if we don't see ourselves as having that power, we really limit ourselves in what it is that we want to create. 
And actually, it's not that difficult because all we need to do is to understand how that power works with us and how do we kind of clean up our own selves so that we allow that power to flow through us uh, in a way where manifesting what you want is relatively easy. We allow ourselves to really believe. So Genevieve Biren, who wrote the book, Your Invisible Power, talked about order and heaven's first law, okay? She said, when your understanding grasps the power to visualize your heart's desire and hold it with your will, it attracts to you all the things that are requisite for the fulfillment of that picture by the harmonious vibrations of the law of attraction. Now, you have to understand that the law of attraction is a secondary law. It's not a primary law. It's a secondary law. Again, I, I hope that I can really clear up a lot of the confusion around this law that people have been throwing around for about 15 years now. Um, it's a secondary law. It's not a primary. The primary law is the law of vibration. It's the law of frequency. You realize that since order is heaven's first law and visualization places things in their natural order, then it must be a heavenly thing to visualize. Order is heaven's first law. As we visualize, what do we do? We take random ideas, wants, desires, fears, standards, all different kinds of things that are running around in our mind. And we bring order and clarity in our mind. We bring order and clarity in our mind. That allows us to harmonize with the laws of the universe and the information in the universe much easier. You see? The law is abundance. It is health. It is partnership. It is love. But with all of those things is order, not chaos. When a person's not healthy, their body's in chaos. Their mind is in chaos. When relationships are falling apart, the relationship is in chaos. Our mind is in chaos. And we have to really check ourselves because where do we go with our belief system when we're experiencing our mind and our body being in chaos? It's very detrimental to our life. So the idea is that as we visualize and we learn these principles, we move ourselves into order and out of chaos because that allows us to really get a hold of a belief. We want to create a magnificent belief for ourselves, and then we want to communicate it on the frequency of vibration in a clear way, not a chaotic way, a clear way. So that we open a channel for it to come back to us in a clear way. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.